you know, Kappus called this where you're working. He said, you know, we have our five senses and then we have our sixth, seventh and eighth and onward alternate levels of sensory perception and pick up or channeling, mediumship, psychic, all that. The subconscious mind works on expectation and imagination. It doesn't know the difference between fact or fantasy. So in metaphysically would say in the imagination zone, then that's where we create realities from. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. My name is Trisha Carr, and I am your host. This episode, I am having a conversation with my mentor, my hypnotherapy mentor, and she's also my hypnotherapist. Her name is Cheryl O'Neill. She is an instructor um, like uh, on staff at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute College of Hypnotherapy. This program you've heard me talk about, I had George Capuson, who is the director of the school, And so Cheryl is on, and we're just talking about, oh my goodness, imagery and meaning like the hypnotic imagery, um, healing and working with your subconscious mind, working with a hypnotherapist. I don't know. We we go into so many different topics, and then and then Cheryl actually interviews me a little bit. She starts to ask me some questions about animal communication and how it works, and well, we just have the best time. So um, I invite you in to this conversation, where I'm I get a little bit giddy too because you know she's my mentor, and uh, well, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Cheryl O'Neill, and I will see you on the other side. Well. My mentor <laughs> is here on the podcast, and I'm so excited about it. I just got like a little bit, I got a little bit nervous, a little fangirl, even though I know you so well. <laughs> this is Cheryl O'Neill, everyone. She is my mentor in hypnotherapy and also my hypnotherapist. So I'm just so honored and thrilled to have you on. Thank you, Cheryl, for coming. Oh, it's so nice to be here. You know, I'm so proud of you, the mentee you've been and and are now soaring. And you were already soaring before I came to know you at HMI. Uh, so proud of you and your work and what you've been doing. And it's a pleasure to be here on Charm mm. Life. Hey, and, and you're so sweet to say the name of the program because I was about to say you have a history in radio. <laughs> you have a, you have a background in actually being a radio broadcaster, so you I, know how to you know how to do the you know how to do the broadcast thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's still in me somewhere. Uh, that was back in the '80s, and it was a lot of fun. Radio was fun then, I'll tell you. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Rad- I I love. I mean, I wish that. I wish that I, I mean, I've always kind of dreamed about being involved, I guess, in audio and radio. When I was a kid, I was, uh, I got a tape recorder for, uh, I think I was nine years old. And, you know, I still have tapes of Christmas 1984, where I was dragging around my tape recorder and interviewing my family. <laughs> I so love that. See, you you started early as a, a great way to get involved with theater of the mind, right? I remember hearing that phrase from Rick Dees when I worked well, we would hear that even when he would broadcast. He would throw that out every now and then. But actually, it's sort of a behind-the-scenes thing to think that. And Rick was such a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I loved working with him. He was so much fun. And the I crew actually, that he had, you know. So I met him once. I actually auditioned yeah. for some project. To, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, to be a host on some 
project or something. So I met him and it was actually with his son, Kevin. So, oh yeah, uh, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Dees family is great. And you know, the, he had a TV show for a while, but of course that long, great history and he's still going with his top 40, I believe, and other yeah. things that he produces or, you know, his producers work with him to do things. And, uh, part of that fun of radio, it's just so good. You know? Well, you know, and it's, uh, I, I guess we, we kind of feel like we started talking about this because, well, I think we have it in common, how much we love audio and how much we love speaking and utilizing the voice, which is so like integral. So, so you know, like really the cornerstone of a hypnotherapist is using that hypno voice, right? That's right. And of course, uh, you know, it's all important. Of course, that maternal, you know, lots of times when you even can come to hypnotherapy, they instruct us at first, you know, it's not a put upon voice. It's your voice, mm-hmm. only a little softer. It has a maternal sort of lilt and, and rise and fall with a, with a tone, but it's softer. It's not like you have to put on a voice and make some kind of major different voice. But um, even though there are wonderful voice artists, artists who can do that, you know, the whole voiceover industry as well. Um, but vocally, that's that's what it is. It's all in the voice. You know, when our clients were doing Zooming now, their eyes are closed. So you, you're putting out that suggestion material and it's got to be easy to listen to. I think that's the main point. Um, mm-hmm. Pleasant and lulling and you know, somewhere where they can drift mm-hmm. with the voice. Yeah. Yes, comfortable, comforting, so that they can just comforting. let down inhibitions. And yeah, you know, it's when I bring up Rick because you know, we speak in radio, and you brought that up, and I think about him because he was very much, you know, the voice, how important it was to have a good sound to listen to, and um, but that theater, theater of the mind, he was a great storyteller, and then storytelling, you know, becomes also a part of what we do uh, as hypnotherapists. And that kind of takes us into, depending on the style of hypnotherapy that you might be working with, or it's certainly a cousin and connection to imagery, which is such a big part of what we do when um, when we're uh, working with clients. You know, my my mentor, Dr. John Kapp, is feeling so lucky to have had him. I talk about him and think about him frequently. Um, he was the founder of our institute, Hypnosis Motivation Institute. And, um, you know, he, uh, that, that storytelling was within him, but he also said that, you know, all hypnosis, uh, uh, the words that are spoken, you can't help but have imagery, even if we're not so-called doing imagery, so-called work or processes that words spoken immediately images are formed because a word creates a thought creates an image now now that happens with us in life too but it's so fast we don't we don't maybe recognize it because you know as you would say the mind the brain learns in images but in hypnosis where everything sort of slows down and even in suggestion material images start forming or then when we do particular processes of imagery and I know you're going to ask me some questions about what are you talking about (laughs) imagery (laughs) explain to our folks, but then it slows down. So the mind can, you know, really kind of, wow, this image maybe has something important for me. Hmm. Wonder what that is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. And 
Yes, exactly. So imagery is um, it's it's not it's not only the pictures in the mind, and I think that that there is somehow. Yeah. A common misconception because we we say like a photograph is an image, right? But an image is the sensation, the thought, the feeling state, and the right. How would You're you absolutely it? correct? Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad you brought up that point because many times, and because we are in the world that we're in right now, uh, and I call it from our work, you know, hypno techno, but we're in the technological. Uh, world of images that we're seeing. I'm looking at you, you're looking at me. We have images on all the various screens from the smallest to the largest. But that's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about imagery in our work that we do in helping clients. It is any or all of the senses. That includes visual, but it doesn't have to. And it is feelings, or it is a sound, or it is a fragrance, or it is a sense of something, a, a, a feeling that way, you know, uh, not just a touch feeling, but a, a sense of something. All that is imagery. And that's part of what students that I work with, sometimes the thing to get across uh, for helping them to understand. Because when they hear maybe a student sharing about their imagery, and maybe that student is very, what we call kinesthetic. They don't visualize, they don't see, but they had this experience and they had it on a feeling level, a sensory kind of experience. And when they talk about it, we're all imagining it because it sounds like a visual story that we're hearing. And so we see it, uh, but it, we might even say, wow, you're really good at visualizing it. And, and they go, I don't see anything. I, 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 I'm just telling you, here's what happened. But it came through the feelings. Yeah. It, it's like it doesn't matter, really. Like, That's I think right. It, it really doesn't matter. Let it go. As, as long as we give up the need that we think it needs to be visual, because that's mm-hmm. where sometimes people get hung up. And I just think it's because we're used to the visuals on screens and stuff, you know. Well, sure. And then in my, in, in the work that I do, because, you know, I teach people how to open their psychic and intuitive abilities and, you know, it's interesting in the, there's like a history of calling a person who is an intuitive or a psychic. They used to just call them clairvoyant, which is just identifying that mind's eye experience. But you know what I mean? Like when I'm, when I'm picking up imagery, sometimes it is the, it's a, it's a clairsentient as we call it, the clairs, you know, it's, it's either a sense, it's a sensation. And, you know, sometimes with mediumship, it tends to be pretty common that a past loved one will give you an aroma, will give you a scent. And that's not actually out here. It's somehow a knowing (laughs) that my, my olfactory senses are translating. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it's really what I think it is, is when we're, we're, trying to make the model of the subconscious or the inner world or the imaginal plane, I call it, fit into or be be a, an exact map of what's happening in our, our material world. And there's actually a lot more freedom in the subconscious realm, right? Well, you're right. And also, this is one of the things, as you explained about your initial work, I know you've combined some other things, maybe gone, you know, tried on simply hypnotherapy, but mm-hmm. you were already in the various realms of, of uh, all your, um, you know, picking up work through all the senses. And that's one of the reasons I recognized you, you know, as I thought, oh, wow, she's going to get imagery like that because <laughs> of all your experience and 
dealing beyond, you know, Cap is called this where you're working. Uh, you know, he'd say in, in metaphysical imagery, I talk about this, that his share his words that he said, you know, we have our five senses and then we have our sixth, seventh and eighth and onward. And he would call that's what where you are working, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. those sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, other alternate um levels of sensory perception and pickup or channeling mediumship psychic all that uh there which because of that you'd be a natural for what we do in hypnotherapy with with imagery well it's all happening in the subconscious plane you know when i'm when i'm doing an intuitive or mediumistic reading or connecting or healing we're just working in that subconscious and i'm helping them with the, the imagery that's going on there, helping them to reshape it. It's just, it's it's a hypnotic experience. Everything is hypnosis almost, right? Well, exactly. Now, okay. And what you're saying is, let mm-hmm. me just ask you a question. Yeah. Um, I love that because mm-hmm. when you're doing that type of work and you are working in subconscious and then some might say the super conscious, right? Sure. You yeah, know, exactly. Up and beyond. But um, that with that the subconscious mind as we teach in our 101 students works on expectation and imagination it doesn't know the difference between fact or fantasy so there's so much room for us to imagine and yet in metaphysically would say in the imagination zone, then that's where we create realities from. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there you are working with people in these altered states. And you've probably, I wonder, my question to you is, do you almost hold a, you know, does it become like with you and the other person, like you're in this realm of the imagination as a, its own kind of pod, you know, mm-hmm experience where your your imagination their imagination and beyond what maybe we would say not as imagination but outer realms Mm -hmm. of experience uh, you know super conscious expansion that you're in this altered state Mm -hmm. but reality of of picking up and things that then when you bring it into now the physical world and it relates and it, and and your clients like oh my god what did she just tell me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's it's both that's the thing is that i think it's i think all of these different perspectives and modalities you know there's there are many facets to truth or there are many realities within truth uh that that reveal truth i guess you might say so um, yes, I believe, you know, I, I see it that we're working in this container of this, that we have created of subconscious experiencing. And at the same time, I, I experience or accept that if it's mediumship, their, their, their mother and spirit is coming through and that, you know, mm-hmm. angels are coming through with information and energies that attune and heal and uplift. And mm-hmm. it's all of it. You know, I think it's, I think it's both hands. That's, that's if that makes sense. Is that does that answer kind of what you are? Yeah, I, it, it does. It makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when uh, before I even got to HMI, and became a hypnotherapist for about twenty five years. I was into a lot of different spiritual mm-hmm. expanding work with myself and and others, uh, kind of studying various ways of you might call what you said a truth. 
uh, mm-hmm. yeah. ways, Reality. right? Uh-huh. You know, of uh-huh. of connecting in metaphysical or spiritual ways. And there are many different ways I agree with you about how to do that. Mm-hmm. And depending on belief systems, that's what people engage in. But are we not all, you know, threads into a one yeah. thing, you know, maybe, you know, um, but the, while I had a lot of uh, connection with all that in terms of when it came right down to helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I kind of chose because I came from all that metaphysical, spiritual kind of way. It was like, I didn't really want to go. I was looking for something beyond because first I thought, well, I got to go get an MFT or I got to get another degree. Yeah. It's, you know, psychology. And then I was kind of going, no, because I'm more on the spiritual metaphysical side anyway. And then somebody said that word, hypnotherapist, you know, a friend of mine. And I went, what's that? You know, <laughs> and then as I began to, you know, look into that, I thought, oh, man, this sounds more. And of course, then when. I saw Florence Henderson kind of talk about HMI (laughs) and a commercial on television. I thought, well, if Florence, you know, backs it, HMI sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) So I I went to, you know, Mrs. Brady can't go wrong. Right. So (laughs) I went to uh, look into it. And even though it was like at the time, sort of somewhere I just talked to a first 101 class the other day because, you know, when you first come to this, you're kind of going, I don't know, because it was so different. And yet, not really, because all my background in theater and everything fit right into this, you see, in radio. Uh, And I kind of was like driving out to Tarzana feeling like I was standing on the edge of an abyss about ready to dive off into this big, dark, deep cavern But after the second class, I realized, wow, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is that extra piece to this metaphysical, spiritual thing where I feel like this can really now be, this is the key that opens the door to really helping people by that access to the subconscious and what we can do to help people get there. That's how I feel too. It was real. And it was interesting for for me, I, because I live pretty near it, and I had seen, you know, I knew the signs on the, off the freeway. On the freeway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was actually like two years before I went to HMI, I was googling like, oh, how can I do like a hypnotherapy or a hypnosis like education? Because I was doing meditation and leading people in meditation and energy sure. healing and imagery, you know. Yeah, you were doing imagery. I was yeah. doing it, yeah. Just, but I didn't. I was like, but I really want to learn, you know, like more about hypnosis, more about hypnotherapy. Right. And somehow I, you know, it's like how your timing is somehow for two years, it didn't, it didn't like show up. It was when a friend who is actually, I believe she was a mentee of yours as well, Desi Ivanova, she came on my program. Desi. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I met her through a dead meditation studio. She was teaching there and I was teaching there at the same time. Anyway, so I, I was, I was like, I can't believe somehow it took me this long living right next door to it. But you know, the timing happens as it does. And you have to go with that. I call it divine right timing, even though at first, you know, the same thing in terms of, I remember getting there because I graduated, I was December of 96 class. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so graduated November 97. But I remember after the first couple of months, I went, oh my, why didn't I know about this before now? You know, I really could have used it, but, but then, you know, you have to go with you, you just in your divine right timing. 
Mm-hmm. And whatever was before may have helped lead to this. And whatever that, you know, I was there before they put up the freeway sign. At least you had the freeway sign to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you had Mrs. Brady, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Telling you about it. it. For me as well, like I feel the work that I do with, since I've, you know, graduated and learned so much and grounded so much of what I was already doing. Yeah, already doing, but grounding it in in techniques and grounding it in this wonderful knowledge. Um, My favorite thing is to work long-term, you know, therapeutically. And we mostly do hypnosis. We mostly do hypnotherapy. And uh, so like I do, I still do um, intuitive mediumship readings and, but I actually don't do it as much. I don't, you know, have my schedule open for it. Uh, and those are great. They're like catalysts. They're super fun, you know, but that usually often, honestly, I start people, they start with that and then they want to do a longer term. And then that's mostly hypnotherapy. So much more impactful. It's like, I can do this for you and then you can start to get a taste of it. And that's what like reading is about, but I want you to do it for you. <laughs> and that's what hypnosis helps you with. Sure. And, you know, I'm glad to hear that how mm-hmm. you explained. And, and that gives me more. I just, I, I, I thought maybe you were going to be in, you know, you know, more of a halftime this way, halftime that way, but it's more grounded in your mm-hmm. long-term work with hypnotherapy. That's wonderful because, you know, that's where we think the real lasting change can take place oh, for people absolutely. is by bringing that subconscious on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, helping to get those new, if we want to call them the new neural pathways, we can, yes. or just that I sometimes refer it to positizing the subconscious, mm. you know, to, mm-hmm. to get it more because the greater part of our mind uh, being what we want to get on board with what our conscious goals and aspirations and, uh, you know, wanted to get to these places, we need that deeper mind help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's very nice. But yet, I, you know, I respect all the other work that you do. And I'm glad you still are doing it. I particularly love, you know, we haven't talked much about this, but I, I, cause I'm a big animal lover. Oh, so yeah. I know, I know you, you know, the little cats and the little dogs. I'd love, <laughs> I, I, you have, when you do that, you have the people there too. Do you, is it, do you get a sense of a, of the, of the animals more through the people or actually how does it translate in you actually uh-huh. from the animals or <laughs> you're interviewing me, but <laughs> I'm happy to talk about anything. No, I'm happy to talk about anything. And that's probably, I mean, we said we would go with whatever we were led with. Well, I actually do it. I do two different sessions. So what happens is the, the humans book the appointment. They give me a set of like three to five questions that they kind of really want to know about. And that's all done. You know, they email that to me, plus a photo then and some other, like their name, the name of the animal, their age, how long they've been together. Those are all kind of like calling cards to help me to tune into the frequency of the animal, to tune into the telepathic signal. So I have a one-on-one session with the animal first, but remotely. I have a one-on-one session, telepathic session with the animal first so that I am not going through the energy of the human and only picking up their energy. And then during, then I meet with the human and I ask, you know, ask them their questions. And then I also ask them things that they want to tell their human and do an empathic body scan to see what's going on with their health and well-being. Then I meet with the human and and then we do, I give them the information, but they can also ask more questions. And when they ask a question, I actually have to disconnect from the person. I do this... And then I look at the animal's picture again. So I have to like kind of take them out of it. So I don't just pick up the human's 
field. Does that make sense? I find that fascinating. No, I think that's so wonderful. Thanks for, you know, because (laughs) I, you know, I think that there, there have been others who, and I never, but sometimes I, I guess I just assumed in some way that what we're doing is picking up through the humans, but I love hearing how you explain that. You actually are connecting in, getting that frequency feeling from the animal. Yeah. And I get information that the human doesn't know that they can verify. Yeah. After, you know, like they didn't know what they can verify. And, and also all I get from the human is like, I get like just their photo and their questions. So they don't tell me like, oh yeah, Bailey is so happy-go-lucky and he loves to play with this ball and everything. They don't tell me that, but that's what we do when we meet on our imaginal plane. And I'm like, he made me play imaginal fetch with him for like 30 minutes before I could even start talking. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so him. You know, things like that. His essence and his personality. (laughs) I love it. Mm -hmm. It's really great. And, uh, but it's really fun because you are, it's really like you are connecting directly with the animal and getting their full perspective. And usually people that come to me, their animal tells me, I mean, she hears me. She doesn't need you to have this appointment with me. She just needs to trust our communication, you know? (laughs) I love it. Oh no, that's so good. Do you mainly do, uh, and I won't, I'll stop asking you questions, but (laughs) do you mainly do cats and dogs or do you do birds? Like we, you know, you and I, uh, we're working together right now because you're Mm -hmm. uh, doing some wonderful work with us, lending your expertise as a teaching assistant on the imagery program that we're in. And we have one of our members, right? Bring in Monty, the the parrot. And I wonder, do you do birds too? Mm -hmm. Well, I have birds. I'm a bird person as well. You do have birds. (laughs) Oh, I know that. Oh yeah. Birds, horses, uh, goats, donkeys, uh, fish, uh, tortoises. I, I don't know. I haven't connected with a dragon yet, a bearded dragon. I love bearded dragons. I haven't connected with a bearded dragon, not in a full session, but like my friends. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of, um, I mean, mm. I haven't connected with like giraffes yet or something, but yeah, yeah. a lot of different well, then kinds of With the horses, does it move into that type of equine therapy kind of thing or not? I'm- oh, sure it could. And I've, I've actually, um, volunteered at horse sanctuaries and gone to mm-hmm. communicate and heal and work with them. And so, yeah, that that's, uh, you know, but I think equine therapy brings in a lot of physical work that uh, that's not something that I'm, you know, trying oh, to do that okay. I do. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's more of the, it's more, it's there, it's emotional therapy or behavioral therapy. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk, let's talk about you some more. <laughs> We can use the time however you like. I would love to. So imagery, um, imagery, if they work with the hypnotherapist, people can learn imagery and imagery, uh, the imagery process. Maybe if people are wondering, like, what what's the difference between hypnosis and imagery and meditation, like all around in those areas, you know? Sure. You know, Dr. Kappas, of course, and I quote him a lot because he was for, so forthcoming for me and many of the students at HMI, you know, I get to see videos and things and they know a lot of what he's brought and what he started and created. And of course, George has taken it and moved it into, you know, the arena that we are now, but um, his strategies and ideas and thoughts, I was so connected to him because I got about two and a half years, kind of like a master's degree with Dr. Kappas every week with him, you know? So I quote him a lot and um, he would say, well, uh, 
you can't really have hypnosis without imagery. And then as I got more with imagery, I uh, and I used to have long discussions with him initially about hypnosis, imagery, his strategies of ENP, uh, emotional and physical uh, personality, sexuality, he called it. Uh, because I wanted to bring those strategies into the imagery program. And we had long discussions together talking about hypnosis and imagery. When George asked me to do an imagery program, I said, I think we need to have Dr. Kappas be involved with his strategies. It seems just a natural mix. And as well, it would be our more unique way of doing imagery. I mean, this is, you know, it's really for the Kappasinian hypnotherapist who understands these strategies. But as I came to see when he would say, you can't really have a hypnosis without imagery, I realized we can't really have imagery without hypnosis because mm-hmm. there are certain suggestibilities, people who will actually just naturally go in without even some of the traditional take three deep breaths, do a progressive relaxation, count them down. People can go in on a story or on an imagery journey just because if you have enough sensory uh, experience that you're, you know, what does it sound like here? Like maybe don't give it to him specifically, but you invite their imagination to come along and it's being created within their own mind as they're on the journey. And this will take them away. Just like, you know, when we're kids and if we were lucky enough to have uh, somebody, whether it was a parent or babysitter or something to read the story to us before bed, now we're 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 lifted aloft into the imagination zone and and we are in that story and, and that's kind of what um you know imagery is a part of that it's also can be used as an induction but more likely the work we do with imagery in the hypnotic state is um to continually reinforce the new learning, discovering more. There's wonderful imagery processes, I feel, that we have that really kind of are mind-blowing because when we come out of them, we're like, oh my gosh, I was in a whole other world and now things are here again. Okay. You know, it's like (laughs) that, that's just as real as this is, but I'm back, right? I, you know, it's like, really takes you away when you when, when you're doing spoken imagery and the facilitator is asking the questions you as you go along it's really an involved experience when you when you say I know we just oh, yeah. did some recently for the class and you're in a whole different space right oh it's yes and and being facilitated by someone else so I you know I have a daily practice I meditate self-hypnosis all of that obviously but being facilitated by someone else is really a different experience because you can really just let go and you can go very, very deep and really do, you know, give the, give the management over to someone else. And then like you drop in suggest when we're in a one-on-one drop in suggestions and right. Yeah. And, and I, when I do group and you do group as well, you know, I leave some time there for there to be with whatever the imagery is. And then it feels like the suggestions just happen naturally upon the catalyst of the positive story that had been, had led them there. Is yeah. that right? What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have some more specific guidelines if we're going to do things per se, uh, per se, like I call it, I call it the hypnotic shift. Mm-hmm. If we did a spoken imagery journey with a client where they're, t- you know, we're asking questions and they're kind of, uh, it's their journey and we're kind of 
right there with them, kind of helping them this way, that way, if they need it. But then when we complete the journey, well, we've written down everything they said or as much as we can capture. And then right there is what I say are the jewels of suggestion because uh, that comes straight from their subconscious. And there may be things in this where we can now suggest to them uh, maybe uh, strengthen motivations or desensitize or um, help them to release or build up more or strengthen this or, you know, and so that's kind of a wonderful process, I think is a lovely combination of kind of the having the experience of taking the journey. And then as they speak about it, and I will say this too, it's a real deepener. If that happens, a facilitator then, you know, closes out the journey, the client's going really deeply. So it's a nice time to um, embed suggestions right there, take them to the staircase and embed more suggestions, deepen that. But it's a real deepener. Clients really like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels so enjoy wonderful. that experience. So you, you mentioned the so difference between hypnosis, imagery, and meditation. So both, um, just when you look at it, the modality of, of hypnotherapy is really more about helping clients achieve the thing they want to get to, the thing they haven't been able to get to. So many times, a lot of people come to hypnosis because they feel stuck. They feel blocked. They feel behind a wall. They feel like they're in a hole. They're in mud. They can't move. They want to get past where they feel like they're stuck. So this is a perfect candidate for somebody for hypnotherapy. And I feel like imagery an imagery process within the context of having created a hypnotic state Mm -hmm. can actually be very beneficial to help move that out as long as we don't intellectualize after the journey. That's one of the things about, especially if it's spoken, but even afterwards, if now the facilitator and the client start getting into what does this mean? And that means this, and this means that now now it's done. We've lost what I call the juice, the sizzle. <laughs> we, you know, I'd rather have the client come up and they say, but I'm not so sure what that meant. And you say, well, as a facilitator, why don't you just, you know, let it sizzle for a while. Actually say the word. I, I've done that, you know, just, you know, go, go about something will come to you more perhaps, or whether it actually does to your intellectual analytical mind that, you know, might want to destroy it by doing that. Let's let's just let it go. Let's see what happens. Because there's something very powerful, very subtle, but very quickly happening with imagery. If it's left alone to do its work that it's meant to do without picking it apart. And yet, you know, this is the stuff that our conscious mind just just is crazy to do. We want to know, what does that mean? It means this, right? And I like that, then it means that, and this connected to this, and that's it. And by the time you get done with it, though, and you've got it all figured out, then you've got it all figured out, but that's where it stays. And it doesn't have its power then Mm. to do the good work in the whole mind-body system that it could do without us like intellectualizing it. So um, I, I have kind of a beef, as you can tell about that. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> but, totally. <laughs> you know, I feel it's so important not to do that because the strength of it, when we leave it alone, you know, and it may be for the facilitator that 
they will never hear from the client about, gee, I so appreciated this or that when this happened, you know, because a client might not even realize, but the facilitator will realize this. Yeah. When a journey, something like that has happened and it's been left alone and a week or two weeks later, the client comes in with this major shift in behavior or a major decision that they made and they lay it on the facilitator and you're sitting there as a facilitator going, oh my gosh, that <laughs> journey that we did that, yeah. that, but they'll never really maybe realize it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that's fascinating, you know? So imagery and hypnosis, both to me are more goal oriented mm-hmm. in terms of movement forward. You know, Dr. Kappas, his whole bottom line is bring the client relief, help them to move forward. Mm -hmm. So I feel both of those ways do. Meditation, original thought of meditation was empty the mind of all thought to get to that om or that one, you know, image or that word or that thought or that breath where we can just quiet the mind. Mm -hmm. Over time, I believe that when we hear the terms guided meditation, meditation sometimes is infused with more imagery. It definitely is. Yeah. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's becoming, okay, we're taking a journey. Yeah. You know, and some of these meditation centers, and I know from uh, students who have come from our imagery program, they're using what they've learned and it's more imagery. Well, it helps the client to drift away or the participant in the mm-hmm. a meditation and uh, maybe see something, find something in their life. It's possible, but it's not meditation in the, in the, in that one sort of sense. Right. Well, and that's like, like mindfulness for me, mindfulness, that kind of, that meditation, that's a, that's a gateway. And that's what we do in yeah with hypnotherapy, we, we either disorganize or highly organize the critical mind so that it can open up. And so mindfulness, I think, is like organizing it so that we can gain access to the subconscious. What do you think? Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but right. Uh, mindfulness, because somewhere about that, you're, you're trying to take your consciousness mm-hmm. to help direct you in a way. Are you, yeah. Wouldn't you say in in terms of mindfulness work, because being mindful, uh, even like you take a walk, you find a leaf. Yes. And now you you uh, really explore that leaf or you open the uh, cutie or the tangerine. Mm -hmm. And not just are you opening that to eat, but you're opening that to wow, somebody planted these seeds mm. here comes this fruit. And here, and you know, what it took to become this, it's like having a, a mindfulness to me is more like a consciousness about, sure. do, would you agree on that? or? Oh, for know? sure. Yes. I'm thinking of in order for, with mindfulness, it's to get, usually you, you get very mindful in that way and in, in, you know, in certain meditation practices so that you can get to the no mind or the emptying of the mind. Okay, right. so you would it's, still use mindfulness in the state, like you were saying, uh, it, you, you're you in in the altered state. Right, I think mindfulness is the same as an induction, really. That's what I think it oh, is. Okay. I mean, don't think about it. Like if we are, uh, take three, pay attention to your breath, take three deep breaths, and now let's send the comforting and calm and you're doing the progressive relaxation. You're asking their mind to go and pay attention to that only and to start to turn off all the other. I think that, you know what I mean? Like they're so similar. 
Yeah. And with, and uh, okay. Can, that, that is yeah. true. I mean, if that's what you're starting out on a mindfulness experience, that's mm-hmm. an induction. No question. It's an induction. Exactly. And then to be in the, so that, then that, that, that area where we have no thoughts, I think that's a portal to doing imagery and a portal. It's like the doorway to start to do the, that work with the subconscious mind, whether self-facilitated or, you know, I think, the, I just think the processes are are the same and we're just using different language and different techniques maybe to do it. Uh-huh. And, and I, I yeah. love that what I learned in the, at HMI because it took all of that stuff I was doing and gave it some like real strong tools that I could, you know, like really hold on to. <laughs> hold up. Yeah. And you know, Trish, I, I, I think though that I still I still think that I would say that the true hypnotherapy imagery kind of way is more goal oriented where yeah, maybe the mindful absolutely. meditation way is not. I right. mean it doesn't mean unless the overall goal for mindfulness meditation is to just be peaceful or to find the peacefulness within or yeah. to be able to stop thought and and maybe well, then that's when we probably, if, if again, if we're talking about a self-practice, a personal practice, then we start adding affirmations in, which are basically suggestions. So we do yes. an induction, which is mindful. <laughs> then we've taken ourselves deeper into state so we can break the state of fight flight or something like that. Now we're giving ourselves affirmations. <laughs> so it's a similar thing. Right. So really, so, I thought that I was meditating all the while. I was doing self-hypnosis, really. That's what I was yeah, going on. exactly. Mm-hmm. Self-hypnosis, sort of self, you know, I call them nano imagery, little short things that you can do with yourself. Uh, But it is the kind of self-hypnotic self and what you're teaching and how you can work with yourself in the mindfulness work. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I I mean, I don't teach, I mean, I could teach meditation that way, but I mostly just facilitate, but it's really, yeah, it's um, I, I, what I also think is so what I've really learned or what I would love to talk to you about basically the, like the subconscious mind, it's like it has, all the or hypnosis, the ways that we are in hypnosis, it's almost like there's there's a dim, there's dimensionality to it because we have our primitive mind, and that's a dimension. And when we're in fight flight, we're in hypnosis. And you know, George and I talked about that in the podcast that I did with him. Yes. And so we want to what we're helping is to drop in the positive suggestions rather than the negative ones that we pick up from the world, and then to get them more in like to to the part of the subconscious mind where we're open. And and more in open to positivity. What what do you think about like you know the vastness of the subconscious or the unconscious as it's also called? Right. Uh, well, I think it's you know there's a real journey, particularly with people who want to move from a negative mindset yeah. to a positive mindset. Well, that's you know, because we're around the negative mindset and have been for so long, usually lifelong held thoughts, beliefs. So that journey is a little longer one to really move it over. And I would always say, I've just said this last night in a class, it's always easier for all of us to go negative than it is positive, unless we're really working with trying to positize that subconscious to try to get a hold, just because, you know, Um, that's why we say things like stop listening to the news at night and things like that. We want to take the good things down with us. That's the mental bank process. The affirmations, best time to do them is write them out before sleep, that magic half hour, right? And to take the good down with us to help try to continually help the mind to to 
you know, come to some more positive believing, positive expectation. This was all all about what Capus was about, that positive belief, positive expectation that no matter what happens, we're going to turn everything and anything to the positive. You know, uh, no matter what happens, just say, I like it. It's always about transforming and turn that. And that's another piece mm-hmm. of hypnosis and imagery, transformational, turning it turning everything. And I know, you know, that even from spiritual non-subconscious work practices have that idea of like turning from this way to that way. And through whether it's maxims or affirmations or little sayings that we can grab a hold of to help us do that. But subconscious work is fascinating and the depth and breadth of it is uh, still, because even just thinking of this, the subconscious knows no time. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I go with the mythic imagery. Because it knows no time, there's something about mythic symbols and images. I think there's a connection with that no time part of the subconscious. Because it's like the subconscious just says, bows come on in mythic symbols. I, you know, there's some kind of really synergistic wonderment with that, which can help the client break out of these stuck, you know, places, take them on a mythic journey. And before they know it is totally dealing with their life, but in ways that they never dreamed. And it opened the gateway. It opened, made one of those through ways happen where they were feeling so stuck. So, I love how the subconscious responds to mythic imagery, which is not, you know, our walking. This is part of the reason why we get stuck in these things is because we're so on it and stuck in it. And mythic imagery symbols, archetypal, have nothing to do with our walking around scratching lives. They're like, because we're not talking dragons and wizards and swords and magic orbs and, you know, crystals in our daily life. But when you start throwing some of that symbology to the subconscious. It like, well, okay, so here's the subconscious knows no time, like the universe mm-hmm. knows no time. And this subconscious, so filled with how it can respond to the wondrousness, is part of our, in our human experience, the drive to live. You know, as as kids, we're so much more like, you know, we're, we're, uh, nothing can happen to us because it's this and it's that and we're up and down and all around. And as we get older, then we start realizing, oh, wait a minute, those things that can't happen to us. But like, that's where that mythic message is to live mm-hmm. and live big and uh, create a life worth living. And how can we do that with maybe more possibility and opportunity through some symbols uh, thrown at the subconscious mythically can really make a difference too. I know we just went through that uh, in our weekend experience. Yes. So it's kind of... Yeah, and I was thinking the mythic uh, imagery, the mythic content, we actually, as children, we were very, we gravitate to that very, you know, it's in fairy tales and everything. And it's yeah. and we are playing make-believe with all of that imagery. And so I guess when we do mythic imagery, it's almost like we're able to tap that positive forward moving of the child who hasn't been, you know, tainted by the world yet, (laughs) hasn't been like burdened by the 
right difficult. And so then we can kind of tap that and bring it back into the now. And of course, there's inner child work, which you also teach. And it's, yeah, really wonderful. Well, you know, just what you said there, even the child that may have had traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I had and a wonderful time with my could, unicorns, even though I had a terrible thing going on inside yeah, the house. Yeah, could find solace, you see, mm-hmm. in the imaginal world yes. with the fairy tales, I know, mm-hmm. you know, and with the the things that even they might take from life and translate into a journey within to take them away, you know? Um, yeah. So our imaginations and, and I, over the last couple of years, you know, sometimes I work with, um, as you know, in the EMP uh, strategies of person who might be more science minded versus mm-hmm. one who, who is not, you know, we briefly, we can just, you know, head versus heart, but yet that's yeah. kind of really drawing it black and white. There's, you know, there's so much more to it, but to be able to, for a more science-minded person, I, I like to throw in the suggestion when we're, when we're working in the make-believe zone, you know, or the um, getting into the, the imagination and the experience of it to remind them that there isn't anything that's here in our reality that didn't start in the imagination zone first. Yeah. So we have to account. I mean, that statement that the alchemists from years ago, eons, you know, like centuries, um, millenniums, (laughs) want to say that the imagination creates realities. I mean, Mm -hmm. You have to, there's, you, you got to see that there isn't one thing that's created that you can pick up that pillow behind you, that, you know, the, the crystal there, that the painting behind it, it was in the mind first of that creator, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't even have to be, it's the, the, um, doesn't have to be artistic. It could be the really wonderful connection to put this computer together, how the mind created that to make this happen. And here it is, you know, so we have to, I think we have to give reference, reverence, reverence to the mind, the imagination zones, the subconscious, you know, say, wow, thank you. And lots of times now, even in um, child within the healing inner child, I like to, to remind everybody, you know, really your subconscious is simply doing what it is trying to protect and help you that your subconscious trying to protect you and try to help you. It just may feel like not that because you have a different idea now that you're trying to get to. But if we just could say, Oh, okay, I get it. You're just coming from your original idea, your original way that you thought you were helping and protecting. And all we're saying is, we want to help the subconscious learn some new things now because we really want to go in this direction and that original helping and protecting doesn't sort of work anymore. We need to find that, impress it with some new images and thoughts and ideas, suggestions that bring about that new pathway we want to walk on. Yes. 
Yes, yeah, so beautifully said. And, you know, as to the point that nothing happens without it being in the imagination, the imaginal realm, that's to me also like the realm of spirit. Spirit precedes yes. matter. That's what scientists do. They go into the chaos with their theories and they, they have to drop that theory sometimes. They find something brand new when they go into the all possible realm. And even though we, they, they then put certain, you know, they put it to test in a repeatable way, but they have to go into the chaos in order to bring through the new thing. And that chaos is, is like that universal or subconscious. So yeah, nothing exists without the spirit of it existing first. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, that's lovely. And, you know, just to say, um, you know, I'm all for science. Science happens every Absolutely. day, it changes every day. So I'm not, right. you know, saying like, I don't revere it, but mm-hmm. uh, and say, okay, great. But I will say this too, that because it does change almost mm-hmm. always, some of the metaphysical has been around. Longer, it, I know. Mystics, yeah. myst- y'all are just figuring out what mystics have been saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we need both. A long time. Yeah. It is really kind of solid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's a quote, the unseen is unchanging. Yes. You know, it's kind of solid in that way. But of course, it's always harder to grapple the unseen mm-hmm. as an unchanging, really positive force that can help you. I mean, and that even as you're talking, it makes me think of the um, archetypal healing life forces, which I often infuse the work with, with helping people, air, fire, earth, and water, mm-hmm. you know, that there's um, something in that because even in our life, we can't deny it. The actual reality of when the breeze flows by. or the We're warm- made of those elements. So, of course, we know them. We, we are those elements. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> we you can't know. escape the, the connection of them or the resonance with them, I, th- I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's why in the metaphysical coming up in the next time we come together for our imagery, um, I really love that journey where we put them through that. I, 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 when I really got into the study of this a little bit more, I thought, you know what, that uh, alchemist idea that the belief is we we need to reforge with the with the healing archetypal life force. I thought I'm going to do a journey where everybody has to imagine, you know, being blending with fire, blending mm-hmm. with earth, blending with water, blending with air. What happens, and what's the gift in it? I love that journey. I love to do that journey. When somebody really takes it on, so much just gets revealed. It's wonderful. Yeah. I am currently teaching. Um, so, I, you know, in addition to hypnotherapy, I and teaching. I love teaching. That's probably yeah. my absolute, you know, first love. But right now I'm teaching in my Mystic Arts Academy, this series on working with holy flames and what I call crystalline elements. So you've heard of probably the violet flame, right? The violet flame of healing. So we sort of started with the violet flame and also the other crystalline elements. So like the violet uh, water element, you know, how we can work with that in our imagery for healing and, you know, the qualities of those different elements and how we can use them in our, you know, in our energy healing or imaginal experiences in order to, to, you know, elevate ourselves and bring healing. And so that we're going through 
we started with the violet and then we went to turquoise and then this week we're doing indigo and the different qualities of those rays, those, those color spectrums as well. Cause those are also archetypal colors and yes. the rainbow rays, you know, just like the chakra system. Yeah. So, I was saying I chakra to myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like very much along those lines. And so I want to, so you're talking about the metaphysical imagery class coming up. Can, can folks outside of HMI take that? Is it advisable if folks were to sign up to... Well, you know, um, it's a good question for HA. I know there were some earlier in the in the first class, and I know that as we're thinking this time around that people ought to know how to hypnotize first. Okay. But um, so there's that, whether they come outside. I think we, we have in the past had people come who aren't in the HMI system, but I think they might now be saying, you need to know how to hypnotize, we feel. So yes, um, so that would, might be one caveat about that. But the, the journey, the weekends coming up are, the weekend coming up the end of March is, um, you know, an open, they're both open. You, there's mm-hmm. no prerequisite other than AHA might like to say, you need to know how to hypnotize though first. Right, right. And so HMI also has so many free resources. George and I touched upon this and, uh, you know, with the, and also uh, on demand and pay-per-view that you can get through the AHA. What are some, are there any that you like to the general audience that come to mind that you might direct people to? We talked about mental bank and with George as well, which I think is oh, sure. so valuable. Um, what are some things you can point people to, to get, start to get some of that? And then of course there's the pro bono, there's actually free hypnosis, uh, people who are working uh, sure. like as a, as a mentee of Cheryl's that, you know, that are giving hypnosis, but just like some ways, some self-service op- offerings oh, out there. So much there in that regard. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, I want to remind people that even um, the theory of relationships is so yes. good too for, for some people to George's first class that is part of the regular program, but it is also a free downloaded uh, streaming video that can be watched and take a little test to find out where are you on the scale of emotional to physical. And, and there's that basic understanding about who the physical is and who the emotional is, which is highly valuable to anybody just in life, you know, and suddenly when they really get this, if they're in a relationship, all of a sudden the light bulbs will go off and they'll go, oh my God, I get who I am. I get who the other one is. And, and then there's ways to work with that theory that can benefit and help the experience of the relationship. You know, even if you've been in a long time, I know you came to it, you saw that I was in a relationship, came to it, saw that and, and all kinds of ways to help us communicate better occur when you understand this theory. And for me as a hypnotherapist and teacher of others who um, do work with people on their bringing them into their path for what they want, I just find that understanding the EMP theory, I just need to say this, is so important for the new up and coming hypnotherapist mm-hmm. to know how to therapeutically work with the clients when you understand it. But people can get a lot of it on their own. So mm-hmm. for just coming into that mental bank, you, you've already touched on that with George. Um, and the imagery journey, you know, actually the one we just did on Mythic, because I do a ton of group. You know, yes. with that, sometimes somebody can get a lot out of just going through it, not being maybe a facilitator, um, 
but except that I think HA is requiring got to know how to hypnotize, but mm-hmm. that's not too hard to learn actually mm-hmm. really. Right. Um, and there's other, you know, some of the other self-improvement programs that come out too that, um, you know, how, how to deal with um, not only just ENP, but um, maybe the self-hypnosis class. Mm-hmm. And there are some things being taught like that, I think still on Zoom, because we're all Zoom right now, as you know. And dream therapy too, right? Isn't dream therapy the one of the- therapy, yeah. yeah. So the pro bono program, we have requests coming in. And in fact, so much so now that George sends all of us who are hypnotherapists and on staff or teachers to uh, a whole list of here's what the requests are for hypnotherapy this week. And, you know, these are people that can get legitimate, really good help from our residents who want to work with people and um, who know plenty enough to really help some people. And it keeps on growing and building, you know, as they continue practicing and working with people. I feel like we're always learning and growing, even after all these years. For me, I I feel just as excited about it as I did initially. You know, it's a great school, College of Hypnotherapy. If you have this idea that you want to help people, wow, there's so much yes. to learn uh, from HMI. I'll never regret that feeling on the edge of the abyss and want to dive off thinking, oh, oh what am I doing? Thank God I had at that moment the courage of Mrs. Brady behind me to get me to HMI because it has been a life changer and Mm -hmm. such a positive career. I mean, I couldn't, you know, really, Dr. Kappas, HMI, you know, my heart is forever carrying them in my heart because uh, it's just been, it's it's a great experience to know that all day long, and I, this hit me about halfway, th- 10 years ago, about 12 years ago now, I remember I was in my home office and I just finished with somebody and I was going, oh my God, this is, what I do for a living is hypnotize people all day long and give positive suggestions. How great is that? It feels great by the end of the day when you put on all the people on these journeys and giving them positive suggestions. I mean, it's like, couldn't be better. Feels so good. Yeah. Great life. <laughs> it's a great life. It's a charmed life. A charmed <laughs> See, life. She did it there again. It <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Oh, goodness, Cheryl. This has been just so, so, I mean, such an honor for me. So amazing. And your positive uh, frequency that you are holding, you're anchoring and you're conducting. I mean, it's, it's infectious in the absolute best way. It's better infection than the, than the coronavirus. So... Oh yeah. I want to you know catch what? Oh yeah. That's going on too. Right. But you know, we just have to find our way through that. It's so, okay. That's there, but like we We're have getting to through it. focused on our own path. Listen, I couldn't appreciate you more for asking me to come and do this podcast with you. And I, you know, so respect the kind of work you do. And now I'm so happy to know it's more, I can't wait to tell me though, you hypnotize a little dog and you, and he found <laughs> They're already bowl. in hypnosis, <laughs> but they do when I'm working with, with clients, whether it's uh you see oh, this in classes, yeah. they come, I mean, dogs, cats, animals, they, they are, well, first of all, they have, most of them have more alpha brain waves than we do. So they're kind of already in state and compared to us. 
and they come and they they meditate or they they go into the hypnosis. They go right us. out. I know. I I've noticed, and I love that myself too with clients when they have the animals, and I know that they're just going to get right up next to them, and they're just going to go yeah. out with a client. They do. So you I, know, a lot of times it fascinates me. Yeah. Yeah, with dogs and cats, especially well, birds as well. Um, and I think we think that oh, they sleep so much, but a lot of that time they're actually just in state. They're just doing like spiritual work because they're not sleeping to where they're unconscious, you know, the ear will still move or something like that. If you walk yeah. by, they're actually just meditating or well, doing, doing their I own work. like that. They are staying in that meditative state. I'd love to, to know that it's like that. They're not really sleeping. Yeah. Right. Because their ear does move. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been so fun. And I, I, um, I would love to have you again sometime, maybe after, you know, we get through this and you can come in studio and that would be really fun. And, oh, that would be fun. I would love mm-hmm. to do that when yeah. we're unmasked. And, and get your person. golden tones on a on a broadcast microphone. <laughs> yes, I would love it. Yeah, I'll really talk radio then. <laughs> no, that's great. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it so much. And you know that I back you and support you and wish you the very best as you continue to succeed in all the areas in which you already are successful. And I know you're helping a lot of people, Tricia, and I appreciate that. It's always good to know a teacher is always happy to know that their student, which you're your own, you know, on your own now, and you were even before, but that you go out and do the good work. Mm -hmm. Thanks for doing that. Thank you, Cheryl. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Cheryl O'Neill. And um, go check out HMI College and all of the links in the description. And and, um, this has just been wonderful. Thank you for being on. Thank you. How fun was that? I hope you feel that positive infusion, that um, that just upliftment, because that's what I always feel. I really learned so much from Cheryl about having the positive outlook, and it it helps you to create your life in that alignment with the truth of who it is that you are. We mentioned several different ways that you can, uh, you know, take that that uh, relationship test and learn about the different personality types. The links for that are in the description and show notes and um, also just links to HMI, ways that you can actually get your own free hypnotherapeutic sessions, not just one, but you can work with a person who has hours, hundreds of hours of training and you can get it for free or look on the site for another therapist that you might want to work with. And I had so much fun. So thank you so much for joining me here, you guys. I really do appreciate I want to take a moment to say how much I appreciate any of you, all of you, any single one of you who have come to this podcast, who whether you're watching it on YouTube or you're listening, I am so deeply grateful that I get to do this and that people want to be a part of it. And I genuinely mean it that I I feel our connection. I feel our co-seeking and our asking. I really do feel that. And I hope that you are feeling also the brothers and sisters, the seekers and the wanderers, the spiritual seekers who are also coming here and connecting and turning turning their um, interest to that positive flow and moving it in the direction of your path of light and your you're just being uplifting and I'm just so happy to be a part of this. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Also, if you haven't yet, you can follow me on Instagram because I'm doing a lot more work there going live. And um, I'm also going live, live streaming 
on YouTube uh, about every other week. So with that, um, again, links, you can find that. My handle is at Trisha Carr Charm for Instagram. And YouTube is just youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. Well, you guys, I really appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Thank you.